0: flight suit friday listeners what's up guys welcome 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 hello
1: great to be back have a fantastic Guard week
0: yeah happy friday yeah happy friday should we kick this off let's kick it off let's do it here we go
1: oh that was a crispy mm, boy bud sound of freedom nice dude what do you guys got over there that's hard that's good let's see I've got a uh, pretty standard Sweetwater Brewing Company, Hazy IPA. That's standard issue. that's standard issue. That is a standard issue issue beer. If you're from Georgia or whatnot, you pretty much get this like it's a uh, Coors Light or, shall I say, even Bud Light. It's on the shelves everywhere. I can't find the alcohol content. But
2: how about yours? That's probably a good thing. I have a uh, A A-OK
1: IPA from Tropical which I did research has 7.2. Yeah, we're stepping up our game. Yeah, you got a respectable beer this I'll tell time. you
2: what, I am a sucker for a good label and some good design, and this one has a great design. Gosh, you are. You, you, got little, you nailed that one, bud. You, you got a little airplane on it, and you got a palm tree with a little sunset.
0: <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, it fits. You I mean, know it, our beers are almost the same shade of color, but yeah,
2: that 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 like seafoam teal green. I
0: do like that. that. Oh, for a beer, yep, that's yeah, refreshing. This one I on like, man. It, this one hits. It's got little little teal, little pink. Yeah. What what yeah. what do you got over there? I call this bad boy Paradise Park. Yeah,
2: you like that beer, don't I you? I do,
0: man. Urban South Brewery, yeah, uh, New Orleans, tasty. but it's not Kenny approved. It's only four point four. Yeah, well, well you gotta have some water. Wham, wham, beers. Wham, that's wham. a nostalgia beer
2: for you though. So
0: yeah, I know they have a uh, in the brewery over there. They got a little trailer, like one of those old school vintage trailers that's painted pink and teal. Oh, Oh, man.
2: That is refreshing. (laughs) You can sit inside
0: their brewery and like pull up their little lawn chairs and just kind of hang out in front of it. Yeah. And I think they tow it places because they have the little beer taps on the outside. That brewery is a a whole vibe.
2: You're there and you're like, oh, man, it's been nine hours.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what are we talking about today, man?
1: Um, I don't know. All this tropical themed beer kind of like goes into the theme of what our. our interviewees are going to be uh, talking about where they're from.
0: Oh, dude. Um,
1: that being said, how about we just go ahead and knock out some highlights real quick before we uh, get into this awesome, riveting interview? Perfect.
0: All right, another week, we got some fresh highlights for you. A pretty short one this week, but wanted to throw out a plug for the Coast Guard Aviation Association and the upcoming roost that they're having down there in San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. You guys going? Oh, uh, I think we just might be. Yeah. You guys going to take the podcast podcast equipment? Yeah. We'll
2: pack up the old uh, suitcase, head down there.
0: Oh, man. That sounds awesome. Uh, There's... A little place in Mexico that's calling my name about that yeah. time of year. Yeah, so. but I feel
1: like San Diego's on the way back from Mexico because <laughs> I mean, you have to come north. You're not to go wrong. East. I mean, it
0: is pretty damn close to the border. So yeah, Send yeah. It. I'm hoping it'll work out. But um, yeah, the Flight Suit Friday podcast is planning on being there. Um, the dates are 31 October to 3 November, and um, you can go on their website aotero, that's P-T-E-R-O.org. org and register to sign up. Cool event, you know, good networking event. Lots of folks, lots of Coasties, obviously. Um, Good opportunity to maybe rub some shoulders with some folks that are in different industries. So uh, certainly encourage folks to check it out. At least check out the website.
2: Some like-minded people talk about some great things. Absolutely.
0: And you know, uh, with the podcast potentially going down there, you know that there's gonna be some old timers that are gonna get behind the mic and start uh, sharing some stories. Uh, Uh, Yeah, it's gonna be grand. I don't know, like, I heard, heard people used he to smoke cigarettes, like, flying helicopters oh, yeah. back in that's the day. that's why there used to be an ashtray. <laughs> Is that true, yeah, dude? Yeah, I don't know. I can't I believe no they idea. didn't blow up. What, ha- what happened to Wait, all this? Wait, what? Yeah. Dude, we can't even use Rescue Swimmer Radio <laughs> yeah, in the aircraft it. anymore. <laughs> they and can start freaking ripping darts <laughs> yeah, back then. Chucking
2: darts and doing SAR. <laughs>
0: Love that, that's dude. That's a great uh, Any, sign. that's that's uh, that's it for highlights this week, gents. You know, I'm just going to piggyback off the highlight reel. No, I'm just going to Ripping darts? <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> that's right after the podcast. Yeah, um what kind okay. of darts you got over there, Rob? Just leading to do things coming up that haven't been done in a while. Have a Roto-Wing Stano conference coming up at the end of August. It's going to be getting the uh, 1665 communities together. I don't think we've done one of these before uh, the pandemic. So, yeah, week of uh, August, uh, I think, 21st through the 24th.
0: That's awesome. And that's that, being held at ATC. It's going to be at ATC. Bottom saw probably.
1: Uh, yeah. A little bit of that. There's going to be some breakout sessions between the communities. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's a chance to get together, talk about uh, things we've been doing great. Some things that we can, uh, you know, adjust and improve on and yeah,
0: pave the uh, path forward. Of Dude, I career. like that, man. Yep. I can't Where wait to we? welcome people home. Oh yeah. <laughs> Always welcoming them. Home. You know what I mean? How about, are they going to be staying in the barracks, kicking students out? Uh, you know, TBD. Okay. Alright, that means I actually don't know.
2: Anyways <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, I'm, not, I'm not the person
0: in charge of it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. check
2: ride with Uncle Robin. It's, it's definitely
0: TV. going on the old OER support DVD. form. <laughs> awesome, dude. That'll be good. That'll be a solid event.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think it'll be great. Good to see new people. Cool. Alright, well uh how about we get our uh our main stars online? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Welcome to my in beneath, oh, I mean, I mean, bouncing in the
3: car.
0: Welcome, guys. We have uh, Zach, Landon, Matt, and Reese with us today. Um, Last week, we talked about this star case, and super cool. We got them on. We finally got them. We got them. Yes. Pumped. Uh, The stars have aligned. Yeah. They haven't been launched for a star case yet. Yet. (laughs) Currently on duty, at least three of them. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, welcome, guys. Uh, How how y'all doing? Doing good.
3: Yep, doing well. Thanks for having
0: us. Awesome. Super pumped to have you. Yeah. Let's,
2: uh, why don't you guys uh, give a quick intro? Uh, we can start with Zach if you want to just go down the line and, and tell us a bit about yourself.
3: Okay. Um, sounds good. Yeah. I'm uh, Zach Gross. I am uh, originally from Virginia, but uh, currently stationed in uh, Miami. Uh, coming up, finishing up my third year here. Uh, so I got one more year left here in Miami. And uh, prior to that, I was at ATC, hey. uh, 65 division. yeah, So former Talon editor. I think, uh, we've, uh, we've upgraded going to, uh, to flight through Friday, but I was happy to see the Talon. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, last buddy. The last <laughs> episode. But, um, but yeah, I was at ATC before here, uh, left in 2020, peak COVID times, Um, and then, uh, before that I was at, uh, at Houston, uh, with an Academy guy and straight to flight school. And, uh, yeah, enjoying the time in Miami. And, uh, yeah, excited, uh, excited to have one more year
2: here. Right on. And that's we'd, awesome. we'd ask you what you're drinking, but you're on duty right now. So it's probably going to yeah, be water a, uh, or some kind of LaCroix.
3: I got a water. It isn't a Stanley cup, though. So oh. It is a, you know, keeping with the trends. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's
2: see? Yeah, that, that, that's not bad at all. <laughs>
3: there it is. Landon, <laughs> yeah.
2: you want to tell us a bit about yourself?
3: Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us on. I'm Landon Kloppenstein. I'm also on duty with Zach which has been the trend in the past few <laughs> yeah. months. bunch of uh, uh, magnets uh, down yeah, there. Yeah, right. Uh, We're going to have
2: you on the podcast uh, after you guys get launched tonight again. So,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you might hear the woofie go off or something during the recording. But um, Zach's a great guy to fly with. I've been super fortunate to fly with uh, him, super knowledgeable. I'm a new co-pilot fresh out of T-Course, as I think Nick mentioned uh, on last week's podcast. I was a 2019 grad of the Academy, went to uh boot tender in Hawaii, the Walnuts, Whoa. Um, and I short toured from there, went to flight school, and now I'm here. Uh, so I just left T course in March. So let me get this straight. Hour.
2: You graduated from the Academy. You went to Hawaii. Then Then you went to Pensacola. And then you went to Miami. This guy hasn't had a bad yeah, tour yet. Yeah,
3: I've had a rough few So Dude, now tough. he's ripping
0: some nasty medevacs. Yeah, too. seriously, face <laughs> of the Coast Guard. That's awesome. Awesome, man. Um, <laughs> hey, Landon. Our,
3: our duty brief uh, today consisted of about fifteen minutes of Landon telling us the good surf spots in uh, in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> tough.
0: Yeah.
3: He's a living
0: legend.
2: <laughs> We've heard. And uh, yep. what is your uh, Landon? What's your uh, uh, drink of choice while you're on duty? Um,
3: my drink of choice, I just. I normally the a Celsius guy, ah. but uh, I've been trying to get away from the Celsius. I've been crushing a few of those a day. Okay, got, to, <laughs> got,
2: to fuel, got to fuel up for that late night medevac. Yeah.
1: I can't stop yeah. shaking for some reason. <laughs> Just ripping <Yeah>. monsters and <laughs> Red Bull. Don't tell the flight surgeon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just trying to fix the water. It's, it's pretty hot down here right now. Oh, so yeah. Uh, kind of uh,
0: Bud, let's talk about the heat. Yeah, it's only like 200 degrees. We're feeling it. It is hot up here oh, in Alabama. Yeah, some yeah. hot
3: weather warning for the last Week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sweet. Sure it's been, uh, it's been, been
0: brutal. Sweet. Well, Landon, we're pumped to have you, man. Proud of you too, man. It's awesome to hear that somebody just graduated fairly recently is out there just doing good things yeah. for the Coast Guard. Uh, sure, certainly love to see it, you know?
2: Yeah, fantastic.
0: Um, Matt, yeah.
2: why don't you tell us a bit about yourself?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Matthew Gillett. Uh, originally from Indiana. Uh joined the Coast Guard back in 2015. I uh, went to boot camp, obviously. I got stationed, luckily enough, at Air Station Traverse City for my non rate tour. Okay. Oh, yeah. This story sounds wow. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> the dream spot. Yeah, and, and, uh, seriously. Yeah. Uh, and then I was lucky enough, again, out of a school to go out and do four years in San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> this, <non-race> is,
1: <laughs> this is getting <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> so far, Zach has the worst tours. They're yes, pretty good. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs>
3: Now I'm down here in Miami. I uh, just uh, finished one year down here, and um, lucky enough to uh, hit some hurricanes last year, and then a couple good medevac uh, as well. So enjoy my time down here. That's awesome.
0: Last year's uh, hurricane was
3: uh, hurricane Ian.
0: Ian. And you guys were right, kind of in the heart of where yeah. the action was so, happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you get some solid uh, hoist action on that one?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We were. Uh, I was on one of the. Cruised out the door that morning after the hurricane went through so uh nice man we ended up picking up eight people i think on that first wow
1: day. oh wow wow that's probably had to be in your first couple months of being there
3: yeah absolutely it was it was i think it was like my second flight here in Miami. Wow. Hurricane. Yeah, what
1: a great intro to yeah, that
0: man. Southeast. One way to learn your AOR. Unfortunate seriously. circumstances, but like yeah. that's what the Coast Guard does, right? Yeah. Like responds to these hurricanes. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, welcome, dude.
2: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Are you a Celsius guy too? Or are you sticking to LaCroix? Oh yeah, Celsius at
3: least once a day. Okay.
0: Who's, who's selling these Celsius, I'm curious,
3: yeah. in Miami? Is, yeah, it the, just, uh, is
0: it like the uh, Gi-Dunk thing? Yeah,
4: we have a little mini exchange, and I think we're, they have like record-breaking
0: sales over there. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I
2: remember. Yeah, you guys do have nice Go <laughs> buy some
0: exchange. Celsius stock, yeah. dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you make quite a
4: bit of money. Yeah, for real.
2: All right, Reese, man. Tell us a bit about yourself.
4: All right, guys. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Um, originally from San Jose, California. I uh, joined the Coast Guard in 2014 um unlike Landon uh I graduated boot camp and was stuck in KMA for two years. <laughs> oh. but after boot camp went to A school um went to Cape Cod after that on the 60s go big iron yeah buddy yeah and, um <clears throat> yep and then went to Miami after that right on. um so yeah, I've been in December since 2017 and um uh, yeah Liking, definitely loving Miami so far. That's awesome, man! It's you got busy, you, y- y'all had a good sure.
0: shop up there in Cape Cod, huh? Yeah, we did. Yeah, man, we did for sure. That's awesome. I, I've seen nothing but yeah. good things come from Cape Cod in the past, like yeah. I don't know, six years yeah, or something like that. I
1: mean, you're not just saying that because you were an alum as well. Uh,
0: I was an alum, however, it was not as good. I feel like you know, it's one of those things where, like, you know, usually when you depart, like, it goes downhill. Yeah, I departed. It, it went actually went. Well. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, they're doing great now. Yeah. Well, welcome, Reese. Good to have you,
4: man.
2: Yeah, and uh, rumor has it you're maybe sipping on a beer over there.
4: Uh, yes. Uh, Sierra Nevada. Uh,
2: yeah. Okay. Um,
4: Tugging at our heartstrings. No real reason other than I enjoy the taste, not to. Uh, yeah, just enjoy the taste, enjoy the percentage. I think it's like 5.6, something okay. like that. That's
2: not bad. That's not bad. It's good afternoon,
0: um, beer. Are we, are we talking um, <laughs> yeah.
4: like a Sierra yeah. Pal
2: Yeah, that's
0: a good point. Which one? Yeah, it's just the original. Like oh. the,
2: um, dude, the yeah. OG? That's oh. a classic taste. Gosh, that's a taste of beverage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good choice,
0: a, Reese. I grew up on those, but yeah, it sounds seriously. a little <laughs> bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I cool. may
3: not have gotten a couple cases free for uh, selling. Yes, dude. There you
0: go. The ball drops. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> quick, quick question for you, because this was up for a debate like a couple months ago. Is Sierra a West Coast brewery or an East Coast brewery? Ooh. Ooh. Uh,
4: me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say, I would say East Coast because I joined the uh, Coast Guard when I was eighteen, so I didn't really get to uh, go out and enjoy like the West Coast kind of party life. Uh,
2: it was okay, just turning
4: 18, went straight to uh straight to boot camp. So right on. say okay. East Coast winter.
2: <laughs> yeah, what what do you think about that? Because you. Because you, Nick, you are a West Coast boy, but you've been to the Asheville-Sierra Nevada Brewing Company.
0: I have not. Oh, you haven't? No. That was Uncle... Oh, that's right you about, and Uncle... Yeah. Yeah. That, was that was just Bob. the two of us. That's right. We're, you need we're, to get. we're freaking launching 65 that's direct right. to Asheville Regional <laughs> yes, Airport. that's right. And, you know, poor little me was coordinating morale events or yeah, some nonsense. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, yeah.
4: We, I, have I, a, we have a bird deployed to D9 right now, and I think that Sierra Nevada brewery is in that kind of flight path. Oh, is it? So that'd be awesome. How how fortunate. (laughs)
1: Convenience. Great fuel stop.
3: Yeah. Yeah, It's got contract fuel. They stopped in Nashville on the way up there, and then they stopped. stopped, we come back next week on the way back.
0: Really, just a coincidence. A lot of things coming to light. It was literally straight in their path. There's no way they could avoid it. A lot of things coming
2: to light on this podcast today.
4: (laughs) I love that. Allegedly.
2: Allegedly. Well, great. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's kick it off. Um, yeah, man. I am, and I know Rob and Nick are very excited to hear about this case. Um, so, if you, one of you guys, want to kick it off and just start running through it, uh, tell us about it. Tell us what you guys did.
3: I'll kick it off. I, I, I feel like uh, Reese and Matt probably have the uh, the best. Uh, we'll probably have the best stories to tell, but I'll, I'll kind of kick off a little intro on kind of the background of the case what we got launched on um, kind of what we were. What we were doing uh, but pretty much it was a uh, late night medevac we've done our I think it was a Friday night I've been on a string of Friday night duties where we've flown through the night and I guess tonight's kind of the same thing it's a Thursday Friday so we'll see see what happens but um, pretty much uh, we did our night trainer um, came back and then I think it was around 11 11 p.m. or so we got the uh, the call for a uh, for a medevac uh, just got the initial um, initial info and, uh, basically it was, uh, a medevac on this little key, um, in the Bahamas called Walker's key, um, which it's not super uncommon for us. We, we do a lot of flying out in the Bahamas, uh, mainly in like Bimini and then we've done a few deployments down GI, but, uh, 65 wise, um, we'll do medevacs off of some of the cruise ships, uh, like their little private islands and stuff like that. So we'll land on their, uh, on their islands, pick some people up, um. So, we're familiar with a little bit of like the closer in one, but this one that we hadn't heard of before. Um, and pretty much it's a just small, pretty much an uninhabited island, uh, it's 130 miles northeast of, uh, um, northeast of Opalaka. Yeah. So, it actually does have a, an identifier for it. Was
0: um, this it's the M? N- yeah. Mike Yankee, yeah. uh, Alpha Whiskey?
3: Yep. That's it. Okay. So, it's about, um, about see, got my ESP here, about 45 miles north of Freeport. Um, so kind of right off the bat, it was pretty far out there. Um, we probably need gas beforehand, and uh, kind of had a lot of pre-flight discussions about this one. Really, uh, to be honest, because the initial information that we got once we all got up and uh, started talking to the ODO. Uh, there wasn't really a whole lot of information going around, but the information that we did get passed was like, pretty, pretty gruesome too. Yeah. Pretty gruesome, yeah. <laughs> pretty, gruesome, yeah, pretty wow. minimal. They, they just said, uh, she fell off a cliff and does not have a face. Oh it my was, oh God. Man, oh. Yeah. Her face was gone.
2: With those medevacs, like the serious ones, you kind of always remember the first thing that they said on the phone, especially if it's like as specific and as gruesome as that.
3: Yeah, so we kind of like right off the bat, you know, we obviously have the urgency of, uh, of the medevac, but logistically it's a little a little difficult. So we, we knew, um, obviously talking to uh, uh, Matt and Reese, that we'd, we'd need a litter um, just fuel-wise out and back 130 miles probably isn't doable with the fuel load that we were able to take. So we had to look at kind of refueling options, whether we were going to refuel at Freeport, but it was so late that... Uh, that would have been a convenient option, but we weren't able to get in touch with them kind of after hours fuel is yeah. a little, um, a little limited. I they're they're on Island time oh. out there in Freeport, oh, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I would have got, felt very good. Okay. Uh, I called probably 10 numbers from just the FBO thing, numbers on flight, and no one answered and they charged T-Mobile charged me for all 10 of them. Oh, <laughs> oh wow.
2: <laughs> wow. You can, you can build a Coast Guard <laughs> yeah. for that one, <laughs> I think. Thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> Government travel Psych, card. Just kidding.
3: So yeah, so we started, we looked at fuel options, um, you know, we're obviously trying to get out there as uh, quick as we could. Uh, the weather was actually, aside from it just being pitch black, um, weather was actually pretty good. We had some uh, some thunderstorms during the trainer and stuff, but it was a typical kind of summertime Miami weather that by 11 p.m. it had pretty much uh,
4: petered out, so
3: the weather wasn't too big of a factor other than just not being super That's dark. Um, but fuel was really the, the biggest concern, at least like from my end, so... Ultimately, what we, we ended up doing was, uh, elected to go up to, uh, Palm Beach. So we kind of repositioned up to Palm Beach, which, uh, put us almost exactly a hundred miles away. So making it, you know, still pretty, pretty lengthy haul, but we were able to kind of really get a good idea of exactly how much fuel we could take at, uh, Palm Beach. Took off right at 9480. Nice. And then, uh, went out there, um, 100 miles and, uh, pretty much did it, um, kind of like over overview of like what we did kind of high level stuff before just kind of going around. But we ultimately landed at Palm beach, got some gas, flew straight out to, um, the Walker's Key. uh, we elected to shut down on the Island just to save gas, uh, cause Madden Reese, uh, just knowing the severity of the, uh, um, the injuries and stuff. knew it was gonna take a while to package the patient up. And, yeah, for sure. And yeah. we were pretty tight on fuel to begin with.
2: At what at what uh, point? Shut- at what point did you decide to shut down? Was that in Was that in route? Did you guys have that conversation in route? Like, hey, probably gonna have to shut down. We don't have enough gas to get back. Or was that kind of like once you guys got on deck?
4: That was before before we even left. It. Okay. Nice.
2: yeah, that that's a great conversation okay. to have. Yeah. What a, what a yeah nice.
3: Yeah, and that was definitely yeah we talked about it um, beforehand. Uh, yeah, Reese and Matt definitely kind of we we got lucky too. I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but Matt is a, a EMT as well, so we really kind of had the perfect crew pairing um, with Matt and Reese, given the nature of the injuries and uh, just the uh, the, the kind of skill and experience level of actually taking care of the uh, the patient when we got her got her on board. But uh, just kind of hearing the initial information, uh, Matt and Reese both just going to give a ballpark of how much time it would take to, to package her yes. up. Um, so then, yeah, we started talking about shutting down and then we had also talked about, um, uh, you know, if we would have enough fuel to drop her off at the airport, um, or, or at the hospital pad up in West, uh, West Palm, which is St. Mary's is the hospital we typically go to up there. Or if we'd have to go to a, uh, go to a hospital. Um, ultimately we had enough fuel to, um, uh, take off, go to the hospital pad directly. Um, Matt and Reese were able to do some pass down with the hospital staff, and then we made it to Palm Beach. I think like just under 300 or so, so it was actually yeah. pretty uh, funny saying like oh, just under 300. So we had plenty of time. But <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> well, um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was definitely you know a lot of a lot of factors that went into it. Uh, yeah. Definitely, you know, like the the echo made a lot of those decisions a lot easier just being able to like have confidence i feel like with the delta it would have been i think it still would have been the same outcome but i don't know if it would have necessarily been as comforting and like specific you know we were constantly talking about the fuel and the bingo yeah Yeah, no kidding the whole the whole time back Uh, now did you guys have
0: have a a specific altitude and airspeed that you thought was going to be best for gas
3: Uh, um we, so the way back, we were limited to. Uh, we were trying to the flight surgeon's recommendation. We were trying to stay low. Okay. For that, so um, we were really just kind of matching the winds. I'm trying to remember what we had. We had a pretty good tailwind. Um, that but, was. I want to say that was one of the concerns was because we're going directly east and directly west was whether the wind was really going to affect our our fuel. That was kind of the biggest concern. I think coming back. Um, because we had a tailwind going out there, we made pretty good speed over the ground
0: Yep, uh, oh. going
3: out there. And then the wind, I remember, lightened up. So I want to say it was, like, ten knots or maybe less of a headwind on the way back. So that really helped us yeah, out. That's,
2: that's best-case case scenario microphone. for sure. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, you so just kind of want to backtrack a little bit. So you guys are you guys are there. You're, you're shut down on deck. Like, like, tell us what transpired after that.
3: So this is actually where kind of, like, everybody – I was the least of the least use of the, uh, the entire crew. Um, I'll tell a story about that later, but, uh, um, but, uh, yeah. So once we shut down, Landon, uh, Matt and Reese were all able to go in and, uh, you know, assess the patient and, yeah, definitely not every day that uh, the co-pilot, you know, helps out, you know, the team actually putting her into, you know, a litter and stuff like that. So it's was really a total, total crew uh, kind of coordination. Once we got on deck, But yeah, definitely that the, the yeah, and we are just going kind to of pick it up from what, from that point. What was that landing site yep. like?
2: Where did you guys actually end up shutting down, and, and what did everything look like around you guys? Was it a, a field, an improved surface, unimproved surface?
3: It actually turned out to be a pretty decent one. Um, but on the way out, so there there is a runway out there. They, they were telling us that, uh, I think the initial report that we got is if we tell them like 15 minutes in advance they could light some torches on like the sides of it to like illuminate... Nice. <laughs> wow. Basically, like a bonfire, yeah, yeah, to uh, to eliminate it, um, and then we uh, also um, we're fortunate that we had cover for the 144. Um, so they were able to get a hold of them. Nice. We met them in Palm Beach because they got diverted. They had a they had a really long night, but uh, they got to, they got launched on a case before this, and then they stayed out uh, for cover uh, for us. They were able to reach out to them and. Uh, we found out that they had some tractors and stuff like that. And yeah. they were able to kind of, they, they pointed the tractors kind of like in a circle, kind of like an EMS landing. Wow. And basically pointed the headlights towards like an area where they wanted us to land, which was really um, pretty, yeah, it made for sure the landing was pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah, um, seriously. Well illuminated. It was definitely like it was pitch black out there, like no illumination at all. That's awesome. Uh, so a yeah. little, kind of disorienting, you know, just having pitch black and then there's a bright... Yeah, no kidding. Right when you far. actually get down to it, you're yeah, landing, yeah. right? It's probably
0: lots of lights Super in your eyes bright. and stuff like that. It's, I'm looking at that area. It's
1: nothing but like that landing, like that runway and nothing much yeah. after that.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so
2: you guys, you guys touch down in the middle of that, that circle and, and you shut down and, uh, and then, yeah, you guys, who, who departs the aircraft at that point? At
3: so that point, Matt and Reese, um, another interesting point was there we didn't know what we're gonna like stumble upon with how many people were there like the first call we weren't sure if it was maybe just the survivor and one other person was the first info we got okay but we actually got there we landed there was a surprising amount of people there like surrounding Mm -hmm. the landing site i would say maybe like 40 people oh wow um and so we got we landed as we were shutting down matt and reese took off with the litter and the emt kit and uh i'll have matt Pick up from Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we shut down on deck, and um, like that said, it, it was really surprising, honestly, with the reports coming in before we got out there, how many people were there. And um, just in the, my experience as an EMC before joining the Coast Guard, a lot of times when you have a patient and there's a lot of uh, onlookers in the area, a lot of times um, that makes the whole situation a lot more stressful. Just oh, absolutely.
2: 100%. Yeah.
3: Yeah, not not only are you dealing with a patient, but you're also trying to deal with uh, a bunch of other people trying to, you know, look over your shoulder or you're, they're getting in the way and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, me and Reese grabbed the litter, uh, went over to the, the little cabin that they had her set up in. Um, and luckily for us, you know, both of us e cs um, went in there and were actually surprised that there was, uh, I'm not exactly sure if it's, uh, medical experience but he, he did have a lot of medical experience there was someone that was taking care of her and i oh, yeah. got her pretty uh bandaged up already yeah, yeah so for the most can, part, can, you,
2: can you describe the reports of the initial accident again like what what were you when you guys landed and you were walking up to the survivor like what what reports were you moving in on like what were you expecting to see and what was told to you
3: Well, we were originally told that obviously she fell off the cliff and then we got on scene. The actual story was that, you know, she had a few drinks Friday night on a little fishing island out in the the Bahamas, you know, as you do, um, and was riding an electric scooter and fell down, um, approximately 10 feet onto some dry Wow!
1: Oh, oh, that'll chew you up. Yeah. Especially if you catch it with your face.
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so like uh, I was saying, there was a lot of uh, a lot of people there, and she already had a lot of medical attention. Yeah. And to my surprise, she was already bandaged up, almost ready to go. Um, I think we were both Matt and I expecting the absolute worst and starting from ground zero, and kind of working with her on the spot um, from scratch. Um, the whole reason why we shut it down uh, just to kind of be prepared for the worst. And It was kind of like the exact opposite.
2: Yeah, so which was awesome. So yeah, Reese, like you guys are walking up. Like what? What are your? What are you first seeing? Like what? Like what are? What's going through your head? Like like what's your? You know, internal checklist. Like what things are you looking for and check in? You know, on the survivor to make sure that you guys can properly package her up and get her back.
4: Well, Matt and I kind of discussed this before. Like, main thing was just, um, you know, major bleeding. If she was kind of still bleeding, um, stop that as soon as possible and then like the breathing and then just go down the list uh to be honest um so we both kind of discussed that before on the flight there and i was just setting everything up in the uh in the cabin It's kind of dark it's kind of messy but kind of like controlled chaos just had everything set up in the cabin um of course get the oxygen ready um and kind of just in my head in my mind going through the steps of what we're going to do when we out of the hilo, get inside the room and then um see her and up until walking up to her with matt um i was relieved to see the condition that she was in and the help that she got from everybody else Yeah, that's good because um, she was i'm telling you basically like ready to go we didn't really have to do too much um and i think that would agree Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um, yeah, very lucky in that, in that scenario that she was already bandaged up and a lot of the stuff that we needed to do was already, was already done. There were still a few things that we needed to do. Um, yeah, yeah, Um, you want to walk us through
2: that? Yeah. What what did you guys have to do in order to, you know, make sure she's, she's ready to be evacuated?
3: Absolutely. I mean, obviously we need to get her on the litter. Um, me and Reese had talked about intubating just if you know, if we needed to, we knew she was unconscious, so um obviously the rescue swimmers and EMT kit they have some tools for that. Uh but we elected not to just because of some of the issues that she had with her airway. Uh she was breathing, um but very short, sharp breaths at the time we got there. So we knew that she was getting oxygen into her system, but uh it definitely was an unknown at that time to try to innovate. Uh, we also needed to apply a sea collar, so uh, luckily we had Landon in there with us, and he hopped up some gloves and uh, held a sea spine, so we spine.
0: Yeah, all hands on deck, nice. man. Hey, Landon, when you uh, walked into duty that day, did you have any idea that you're going to be holding sea spine in some Bahamas island?
3: No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I walked yeah, in. Awesome. And interesting enough, I was just reading some of my notes. That I we landed, I think. I remember getting back to the junior room at, like, maybe 5.30 or 6 in the morning. And wow. I uh, wrote everything down. And I yeah. was reading my notes. And that, that night, our trainer, uh, we got diverted, like, right away on the trainer for a missing d- free diver off of Bimini. Mm-hmm. So we, we actually flew, like, a full bag of gas on a, on a missing diver that had just been called in, uh, working with, like, the boat uh, of the diver and his friends that he was on. And uh, the CASA that covered us. When we had to bingo back for fuel, right as the sun was going down, the casa that had covered us replaced us on the missing diver, and then that same casa and us launched. Damn, dude, so you guys are busy. Was busy. You guys night. are warmed
0: up. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to backtrack yeah. too much, but how much flight hours did you guys have on you from your previous trainer before you guys launched for this medevac? Like
3: two, a little over two. Yeah, two. so so, was, um, so
0: y'all wrapped up your duty yeah. day with like what 5.4, 5. 5.3, 5. something like that.
3: Yeah, it was in the five. Yeah, for sure. Because I think it was like a, a little over three hours on the the meta back, and then yeah, we weren't over six, but it was like, yeah, I mean, we were definitely done. But yeah, it was in the five total for the day. Nice man. Yeah, we nice. definitely we definitely pulled, pulled all nighter.
2: Yeah, for sure. So so Landon, you were assisting with C spine and getting on the litter. Um, is there you know anything that you know surprised you that that uh, Matt and Reese helped you coach the, get get coached up with since they were so, uh, experienced.
3: Yeah. I, I was, I honestly just felt like I was kind of along for the ride. Like they were both, they're both super knowledgeable and knew exactly what to do. I was just kind of, you know, they were just telling me what to do and I was following directions. Didn't expect to get out of the helicopter and be involved in the situation. I, I know that I think Reese or Matt, one of them gave us all gloves, like in the beginning of the flight. Um, so I'd already had them in my pocket. They were thinking ahead a little bit there, and uh, I walked over. Kind of a lot of people, like Matt said, like there was we didn't know where she was going to be. They had mm-hmm. her moved into this small building, and there was like people. I just remember looking around and like the room was full. It was this little room, like full of people, just kind of watching. Yeah. one guy that was doing stuff, like the windows of this little building were like full of faces, like looking in at what was going on. And I just kind of walked in. I don't have any EMT experience, just CPR AD from the Academy, which yeah. was completely forgotten in my mind at that point. But, uh, I just walked in and they, the guy kind of guy that was on the Island already mm-hmm. helped me out Was like, all right, you're, you want to take over? And I was like, uh, sure. And Matt and, uh, Reese just told me what to do. Hold her, hold her neck. And I was really not playing a huge role, just kind of doing what they, nice. they told me as they did their work and, um, just kind of, she was kind of responsive every now and then she was in and out of consciousness. So I would try to talk to her a little bit and she was, she was squeezing fingers and like being a little responsive. I remember her, like they put the oxygen mask on and she was, when she was coming, when she would come to, she would like pull it off her face was the first thing she yeah. would do. Uh, just cause I'm sure it was not feeling good on her face yeah. at the time. But, you know, just trying to, as helpful as possible, really. I wasn't not expecting
1: to be involved. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot more than you were prepared to. Another set of hands, like, helping along there. Uh, question for you, Zach. So you're watching, you know, all of them, like, working on her. What's going through your mind at this time? <laughs>
3: uh,
4: yeah. I mean, to, it's, it's a lot. It's, whatever, it's, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, no, no less of a star, but, like, you're looking at this whole, like, you know, I'm thinking of this at, like, the aircraft commander level. Yeah. You're seeing this all unfold. You're like, okay, we're where am I helpful here? What, what can I do to do this? Just, like obviously a lot of people are already like taking care of this. Where do I fit yeah, this yeah. role the best?
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what I, when I did, I mean, relative to everybody else, I, I didn't do a whole lot. Um, I was, um, I pretty much, I walked over after we shut down, I walked over and, uh, kind of the same situation that everybody's driving. I walked over to the cabin. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of people in a small space, um, and Reese, Madden and Landon were, uh, already helping out so pretty much at that point i was kind of just like i'll just stay outside uh they they gave me you know her wallet identifying information stuff like that so i held on to that um and then at that point you know again just kind of once i saw everything was was under control you know as under control as, as it could have been like i basically uh i walked back over to the helicopter and started talking to some of the uh um, the locals that had kind of secured the LZ site. Um, so they were kind of asking me, you know, how the lighting was just like that with the headlights. So I talked to them, um, and basically had them kind of just turn the lights that were in front of us off. So that there was just headlights behind us. So we yeah. weren't getting bloomed out, looking out over the horizon. So they turned those off and kind of got the lighting. set to what would be kind of optimal for, for us taking off out of there. Um, and then uh, they went, uh, kind of showed me around. They showed me the cliff where you know, she fell um, and kind of just got some background information on, on, you know, what exactly was happening. Um, saw where she fell. It was basically just kind of like a, it almost looked like a construction site, you know, and they like break up like concrete and like rebar and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, just like real jagged concrete and coral reef where she fell onto. Oof. So I kind of got a little bit of background up on that. Um, and then uh, after that, I, I walked back over there and basically told them, like, told um, you know, Matt, Reese, and Landon, like, hey, guys, just give me, you know, a signal when you want me to start going through the checklist. and so then that way, like, I can just get things started, you know, while they're bringing her out and everything like that. Um, and, uh, you know, in the meantime, too, I was also, I, I guess you was just kind of equated to hanging out with the locals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, i mean there, there's
1: some value in that because like yeah. obviously like yeah. you know they've been out there were there any was there like family or friends was this a tourist or, or local not, from the uh, island not
3: out there i think it was like the local community okay um, and i actually like as we were talking about the lighting and everything like that they uh they were asking about the nvgs and they're like oh, i've never seen a pair of nvgs like can i can I try them out so i like let them try my helmet on and they're looking through the nvgs and i was like man Sure enough, like this case is going to come out. They're going to get like footage from the 144 orbiting. <laughs> oh, overhead. gosh. Yeah. And Mad <laughs> Reef and they are like around hey, and I'm like playing games, like you're letting people use my goggles. <laughs> yeah, but just, Zach. Just, you like, just no. made
0: three, four, five new
3: Coasties see, by letting them use your MVGs. Yeah.
1: actively working on a, you know, helping a survivor. You're recruiting. Exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're <a> liaison. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's that awesome.
2: Is. Yeah. That, that, that's some great crowd control. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, sitting there being a proud dad, watching the crew go to work too. You know, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, for sure. I got a couple questions for the crew. Um, uh, for recent Matt, like what, is there any equipment that you guys don't carry, uh, in your EMT bag that would have been helpful in aiding in like this medevac? You know, there's, there's folks out there listening that might be able to like pull some strings, kind of like help with getting new gear, stuff like that. Um, perhaps like, you know, airway equipment, anything, was there anything that like, you were like, man, I really wish I had this.
4: Um, not entirely. Like the, we have like a little monitor, we have, um, multiple, um, O2, um, uh, O2 monitors that we can place on people's fingers. Um, we put her on the backboard and then everyone at once start at the head. Uh, put her onto the litter. So it's pretty basic. Um, nothing to mind. Like nothing comes to mind. Um, I remember like,
3: during the flight back, you guys were saying the battery on one of the monitors like was about to die. I don't know.
4: Maybe is there like a second battery? Something yeah, like there's like a second battery. Yeah, yeah. We got we got backup batteries, and ended up um, being fine.
0: Solid man. Um,
3: nice.
4: Yeah. So, like I said, like maybe if she wasn't so packaged up, like in not so great condition yeah. um you know if the situation kind of was more difficult than what it was you know i might have some more ideas for what we can need um the emt kit overall is pretty basic there's not much we can do at a emt level um unless you graduate to paramedic um but honestly thankfully for that situation um it was fine yeah.
0: That's great to hear.
2: Sweet. So you guys you guys got her you guys got her uh put in the litter. You guys got her put in the back of the helicopter. Zach, did you start the helicopter prior to them getting getting her in the back?
3: Uh I did didn't have it started. I had the checklist going. Okay. Um and then uh pretty much like I think right around the time she was getting into the helicopter when we when we got to the point of the checklist where I was uh, um flipping the FCS. Um so yeah, it was definitely. I mean, it was a little, um, a little bit beforehand. But yeah, I got through like the before starting engines checklist. I would say by the time that they uh, uh, everybody got back to the helicopter.
2: Nice. So yeah, you got it. Got started up and uh, and uh, everybody strapped in, ready to go. Um, taking off from that LZ. How was that?
3: Uh, it really wasn't too bad. You know, we obviously had a little bit more weight in the landing, uh, but we had pretty good pretty good wind so again we had a tailwind on the way out to the the pad was on the it would to be the north side or the not not a pad but the opening that we had was on like the north side of the island so on the way in we pretty much just came luckily the 144 uh had done like kind of like the high recon for us and just that's awesome kind of given the, the timeliness of everything we were able just to quickly kind of fly over the LZ. just turn around and come back in, yeah. uh, kind of recon. We got pretty good view um, as we were coming in. Uh, the way out, we had uh, winds pretty much right off the nose uh, as we were pointing uh, west to head back. So uh, we had them turn those headlights off in front of us so we had good illumination Smart. behind us. And yep. We had some uh, kind of palm trees, uh, some palm trees that we had to clear um, directly in front of us. But, um, we were, we were light enough to wear the takeoff. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, by 65 standards, wasn't, wasn't too bad. And then once we cleared the palm trees, we got the wind and pretty much able to, to get going right away.
2: Nice. And then in, you know, once you guys clear those trees, you guys are at altitude in route back. What kind of conversations are you having about fuel hospitals? Like, are you talking to sector at all, trying to get them to coordinate stuff? Like what, what's going on in the helicopter in the front? What's going on in the back? What are you guys doing?
3: we we were pretty much um you know landon and i were we kind of just filling mad and reese in you know for the most part we we're really kind of trying to you know, keep everybody informed but at the same time knew they had their hands full in the back so uh we were kind of mainly just talking kind of talking out loud uh, about a lot of the fuel plane and stuff we took off we didn't we weren't talking to sector the 144 was uh Handling our comms with Sector, which is awesome Gosh, very, that's uh, so nice. App. very nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so the, having the 144 on scene was huge. Yeah. And too. then even even when we took off, you know, still so we had the fuel planning in there. Um, you know, we, we, I'd say basically like we, we started everything pretty conservative with the fuel planning and the Echo. And then we, you know, kind of worked our way down um, to kind of you know put in like the realistic conditions actually you know like i think on the way out you know we started and we we're like oh, keep it in we knew we weren't going to fly 90 knots but yeah keep it at 90 knots nice. see what that uh, uh see what that gives us like hit that bingo and then like okay let's put in you know our actual airspeed put yeah, in smart. All that stuff. so we kind of kept on getting it down so when we when we took off we were able to put in saint mary's and the um uh palm beach yeah we had that in there from the get-go nice. um but uh, we had a, had a rough idea, actually a pretty good idea once we landed, kind of what we'd be looking at. Um, and really the biggest factor was we were just, you know, re-updating. We were staying really on top of uh, the wind yeah. and just, you know, seeing how that impacted yeah. everything. So we had, a, you know, 100 miles to, to fly back. So, you know, there's obviously a lot of environmental conditions that can change during the transit. So, like, we were definitely optimistic we'd be able to go to St. Mary's and then Palm Beach, on takeoff um, and then we probably like once we got about 40 miles away, I would say like that's when we like confirmed it and like, yeah, we're good to go. We can definitely go to Palm Beach, had the CASA, you know, confirm the landing with Palm Beach oh, awesome. or uh, St. Mary's yeah. and then um, uh, yeah, we were able to land. Luckily the the hospital is just, it's like um, it's maybe five miles away from Palm Beach International. So that was uh, really the biggest factor that we were, like kind of waiting on there was like if there was any delay you know on the helipad or something something like that
4: nice. um so we knew like
3: physically we'd have enough gas to land and then you know take back off go to palm beach um but how long of a delay you know how long is that path sure. down and yeah. making sure the pads can be ready that kind of stuff yeah. um but everything went super smooth uh we and luckily we do you know one thing i'll definitely you know, pitch for just kind of like the Miami training program. We do a lot of hospital pads, landings around here. Uh, and there's no shortage of hospitals to go to. So, uh, one thing that was really helpful with the landing and again, just time wise and everything was, you know, we don't go to Palm beach super often. Um, we do on cases It's a common refueling spot, but training wise, like it's kind of a hike to get out there, um, and do, you know, effective training and everything. Um, but, you know, I think one of the things that's good is, you know, we try to take people to all the hospitals like that you could potentially go to on medevacs and stuff. So, um, luckily, I, I go to Palm Beach, I go to St. Mary's. That particular hospital yeah. pad, you know, like a few times, a semi-annual, I would say. So, uh, really familiar with the pad. And again, coming in at like 3:00 AM or whatever, where it's, you know, it's kind of tucked away. You can't really see it until you get up close because there's a lot of trees and obstacles and stuff like that around it. But being familiar with that pad uh, made it a lot more efficient and just being able to like kind of come in and, you know, not waste a whole lot of time. You know, obviously didn't, didn't rush it or anything, but. uh,
1: So it uh, sounds like this was a ground pad, maybe a little confined.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a ground pad just in front and kind of in their parking lot um, on the side of a side of a road fenced in, got some like holes and stuff like that and. But uh
0: Yeah, and let's uh, not skirt around the fact that you guys are uh five probably five hours into your sortie here, maybe four, right? Something like that. We hours um, the morning. And like, you know, you had a training sortie, you have flown out to this island, done the thing, you're coming back, the adrenaline's probably dropping off, maybe a little bit, right? Because you're you're like, Okay, cool, like we're we're gonna we we got this patient packaged up, like she's doing well. Like you're 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 fairly fatigued, yes.
1: No, yeah, so About the only advantage, which is also a slight stressor, is low on fuel, so maybe you're lighter, but still <laughs> oh, you're about yeah. to go into like, you know. But
0: f- the fuel situation yeah, scares you yeah, enough to bring
1: you back up. Flight is right? not over, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's so, for sure. So
2: you guys, are, you guys are cruising back. Matt and Reese, what are you guys doing in the back of the helicopter for that transit time?
4: Yeah, we're definitely just monitoring uh, the flight there. Just had the AED set up uh, before we even um, got out. Um, just in case things went downhill, but, uh, I had her on oxygen, like Matt said before, uh, or like Landon said before, she was kind of irritated. So whenever we'd have the mask on her face, just a non-rebreather, um, every once in a while, she'd kind of like reach up and take it off. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely just periodically like, uh, let her relax a little bit and then like put it back on gently and kind of repeat that process like back and forth. Okay. Um, and that was just, Matt was standing by kind of, uh, assessing her with me, watching her with me. Um, the monitor was, uh, taking down her, um, uh, vitals. You can set it to like every five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, um, thankfully she kind of was pretty much as stable as she could be throughout the whole flight. Um, kind of like, uh, her SCO2 even, like her oxygen levels were good the whole time. Uh, Thankfully, even with uh, her taking off the mask and being irritated, her face was kind of puffy. You can tell she kind of had just a lot going on in her mouth. Yeah. Um, Probably some pulled up blood uh, a little bit. Um, Teeth definitely um, was a little messed up. So, but uh, as far as the reading, she was getting the air she needed and um, especially putting on the mask every once in a while, every time... uh, every chance I could. Um, but yeah, I think Matt would agree. She was pretty much stable, but as stable as she could be the whole, the whole time there. Thankfully, Yeah. That's good for, that's uh, awesome.
0: for a longer transit, hundred miles back to the airport or I'm sorry, yeah, the hospital. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Reese back when you were back in Cape Cod, you probably flew with Corman, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. like the fact that you had a, another EMT on board with you in a 65 is a little bit like outside of the norm, but dude, what an awesome opportunity for you guys to like work together to
1: Definitely. to
3: yeah. knock
0: that out. Let's say kind of like, I mean, there, there's a lot of stress going into that.
1: Cause like, if you're the only one with that, like expertise, like having somebody else that can back you up kind of oh, yeah. like
0: takes oh, a little lift off. Like For a 100 mile transit. Yeah. You think Absolutely. about us in
2: front of the helicopter, we have somebody else who can fly yeah. the
0: helicopter. Yeah, you got somebody yeah. backing you up. Yeah. Like that's, that's super cool that yeah. you guys had the opportunity to kind of work together through that medevac.
2: Matt, talk to us about how you split up those duties because you're in back helping out Reese, but you're also probably sticking your head up front, helping out Landon and Zach, looking at, you know, instruments, you know, possibly asking questions about fuel, asking a question about weather, things like that. What what was going through your mind in that transit?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this our case, just in general, was, was one of the more challenging cases I've been on um, just because not only... You know, I want to help out Reese as much as I can as an EMT. Um, But I know Reese has got all the skills he needs to take care of this patient. You know, so I, not only am I looking at that, but I'm also trying to back up the guys up front and make sure that they're making all the right decisions that we've talked about everything together, uh, about fuel landing area, whether we have time to go to a hospital or if we have to go to an airport. Um, you know, obviously conning them into a landing zone on a small island in the middle of the night and also to a hospital pad, so um, you know I obviously helped out Reese as much as I can um, with my knowledge from my time as a firefighter. So definitely, I think that helped the whole the whole scenario. So Reese just didn't feel like he was kind of the only one there on the ground that you know had to take the whole whole pie. We all kind of just split up the, the pieces and, and took uh, and helped out where we could. So. Um, But obviously that flight back, you know, I'm trying to help the guys in the front while also, you know, helping Reese and monitor vitals and all that stuff. That's awesome. Obviously Reese said that she was doing pretty good on the way back, you know, and I think that's definitely an understatement. She was definitely uh, um, going through some stuff on the way back. I know that her, her vitals had definitely dropped off the cliff a little bit on the way back. Um, luckily we got her there in time where that we could hand off that care to a higher level where uh, it was definitely getting to that, you know, extreme end of not getting, getting her to a hospital quickly yeah. where, you know, if it was any longer, you never know what the outcome would have been. So, so yeah. luckily we got her there and, and she got the help she needed. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, I've
0: on the initial call and I don't mean back it up too much, but, uh, did the flight doc give you guys a window?
3: He, he did. I mean, really the The window was uh, as fast as possible. Yeah, you know like kind of, of I think ultimately we we had we had a lot of discussions with uh, with ops. Yeah. and uh, with uh, the conference calls with, with district and the flight surgeon because you know that was definitely you know certainly one of the one of the factors that, that was going into you know the risk assessment. You know, as we uh-huh. were talking about it, was I think the initial reports and everything like that. I think ultimately, you know, like if this the flight surgeon gave an opinion, like if this was, you know, like a, you know, in, you know, not a maritime medevac or anything like that. Says if this, if these injuries that happened, you know, on the street or something like that, the window would be like, you know, like fifteen minutes. I think, you know, was yeah. said, you know, obviously, it kind of got into the discussions, like, well, we, we certainly can't make that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it made the the gain, you know, a little bit harder to uh, kind of quantify for us. You know, we we wanted to. Get out there, but it was definitely a little bit of a higher risk case just given the distance and the time of day and just some of the factors we were working with.
0: It's a unique case too um, because but, there's not a lot of folks who are going to go execute a medevac of a patient on some island yeah. other than the Coast Guard. As, right?
2: This sounds like something that happened in Alaska. Yeah? Yeah. yeah for sure. Hey, so, yeah. Th- thanks, guys. This, I mean, this was a great conversation. Really enjoyed listening um, to all of this. Like, what a great example of Man, CRM, ORM, uh, stepping outside your comfort zone, like yeah, field planning. Know, we talked about this on the last podcast. This feels like a a case that when Landon's an IP at his next unit, he's gonna bring up as um, an instructor on an AC board. Like, dude, can I hit Landon
0: with one more question? Yeah, I, yeah, I've been wanting
1: to hit him up too, but you, Uncle Rob, go ahead, dude. All right, so I'm, just, you know, nowhere going long here, but I gotta know. Like, so got Landon just qualified in March. Standing duty for a couple of months. Um, how many cases had you been on, like prior to this? Whether it's SAR, like you know, going out on a search or an actual medevac. Uh,
3: I'd say, at, at this point, I would probably. At this point, I had maybe a few launches, like a handful of maybe three or four missing divers. A okay. few launches that I was down from in transit, uh, but this was my first. Uh, I would consider like first real case and first life save. Okay.
1: And you will not forget that one. Um, Follow up question. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Not to cut you off here. Like, obviously, I don't think we have that event for you scheduled for this scenario by any (laughs) means here in Mobile. Yeah. It's going to be programmed. What what was going through your mind? Because, you know, there's pilots that spend, you know, a tour and other, like, um, you know, air stations that you, you could almost go without a, a real case and here you are newly qualified co-pilot that gets like thrown into like a a pretty varsity, like a experience. What was going through your mind with that? And what, what are your takeaways?
3: Great question. I had a lot of really good takeaways personally as a junior pilot. Um, I would say first and foremost, I was just trying not to detract from the crew as a whole um, knowing I don't have a lot of experience and um, I had a lot to learn. From everyone else in the flight, I think my biggest concern was just not to screw anything up. Uh, and there was a few moments in the flight that was, I think, would be a great oppor- learning opportunity uh, for any junior pilots listening. Um, first, first, first thing that happened was on our transit to West Palm, I uh, overtorqued in cruise flight. So um, get excited! I forgot about that. Uh, it's in the getting <laughs> I can't hide from it, but uh, what happened was didn't capture, it? Didn't capture it. it, didn't, it, didn't capture it nice. um, but I was going pretty, pretty much at the peak of our speed, maybe just trying to make up time. You know, adrenaline's pumping. First case, uh, time, time is critical at this point with the R- information. risk, bro. Yeah, and uh, I, I just I, I, had to climb for some reason, and I was at the top end of our speed probably, and I just ever so slightly touched the sea sync. And got the dink. So sneaky. Definitely a humbling experience. Um but we uh you know, we we got on deck safely. Zach assured me he'd seen it a million times, it was nothing to worry about. I was in my mind kind of beating myself up a little bit that like, you know, you know, don't get lost, you know, don't lose the force for the trees and like do something stupid like that and, and mess up the case and, and like be be a problem really and detract from the crew, but he assured me, you know, that that wasn't the case. We landed. I worked with Matt. I was going through the, the dash one, just reviewing the overtorque procedures. We Matt looked at the head uh, rotor right head while I was standing there. Nice. Everything was good. We were able to continue. Good. Um, but good learning experience for me, just because you know things happen, and, and oh yeah, I'm going to make mistakes, and everyone everyone does. But we were able to to move past it. And I didn't I didn't let it get uh, me down any more than more than it should. So um, there was that moment. And then on the way back, um, one of the things that I was thinking about, so not tired at all at this point, like having dropped her off the hospital, definitely like fueled on adrenaline. Um, And then I knew in my mind as a co-pilot and a junior low hour pilot, I'm, I knew that this would probably be the riskiest time of the case Um, flying back. Absolutely. You know, 5am the last leg, having the sigh of relief, like drop, having dropped her off, going back home. Um, I knew that this is when um, this is a critical time to like really get it together and focus and, and get back home uh, with the fatigue setting in and whatnot. And um, We were flying back. I was flying back home the same, you know, route that we've done a million times. And I remember we got back to Opalaka and I was on goggles and just, I remember telling Zach, I was like, I can't find the ramp. Like I'm having trouble having done it a million times, like you would think, you know, it wouldn't happen, but it's just one of the things that fatigue, I think had just set in and had I just maybe lifted the goggles, that would have been no problem. But I was like, Zach, yep. you top me on to the ramp here. I do not know.
0: That's fatigue for me. you, man.
3: Opalock is tricky to find. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: well, you guys have like cultural lighting all around that airport too. So it's confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you for admitting that though, man. That's great. Yeah, man. Dude, uh, Landon, I have another question for you and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but do you have any recommendations that would better prepare like co-pilots coming out of ATC mobile for search and rescue or medevacs or anything like that? Things that we can implement or talk about good talking points that might prepare them for a situation that, you know, you found yourself in.
3: Um, as far as training goes, I'm, I, I'm not sure. Maybe more, maybe fuel planning um, is a big one. I know we do like that hand jam um, weight and balance. And we, and we talk about fuel and stuff, but maybe just like scenarios with okay. in a, in yeah. a brief or pre-flight situation where like, Hey, like fuel planning wise, like what's, what's the, uh, what are your thoughts on something like this? Because that was a, that was our biggest discussion with this whole flight was yeah like for fuel sure. from the, from yeah. the get go. And you no, know, I, I, I had a cool experience of going down like um, with Matt and Reese, and we were just kind of stripping everything out of the helicopter, and I was going through ADS-B and like, taking things off as they came out, and, you know, hey, what's this, what's this, and just trying to get a better idea nice. of, of weight stuff. So th- I think that was a big deal. I don't remember using ADS- AWBS a ton during T-Course. Okay. So maybe just, I mean, that could be something where just going through like weight and stuff was a big was a big thing.
0: I couldn't agree more, or man. That. That's like realistic stuff, right? So, the like head. the weights and the fuel. I think that's probably the biggest conversation piece amongst any sixty five pilot, right? Is always oh, yeah. Yeah. what do we weigh? How much fuel do we have? Yep. How much time do we have on scene, right? Yeah. So, uh, that's great feedback, man. I think I think we can run with that and try to Absolutely. implement some of those things. So, appreciate that. Yeah,
2: that, that yeah, that's great. great. Yeah, sweet. Well, man. That was fantastic. Really appreciate you guys coming on, spending time with us. Um, I know I will take this case. I will put it in my tool bag and I will use it as an example of something of, of, in, in the future. Um, and you know, I expect you guys are all doing the same. Um, but good job to everybody. Super impressive. When I first heard about this case, I was so pumped to talk about it, and uh, you guys did
1: not disappoint. This is a great conversation. Thank you.
4: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.
1: That was a that was a team effort. And tell you something, Landon, like your, your thought process of like, I don't want to screw that up, this up. Everybody's thinking that and yes. it's the right mindset. You're going to gain that experience. You, you gained a big one here and that entire crew, like all of you, you did amazing. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks for having us. Guys. Thanks so much. That was awesome.
3: Yeah, of
4: course. Thank you.
1: Hey guys, that was a uh, one hell of a story from Gosh, that Miami kid No kidding. That's I mean, Um, Just always around that entire crew, like, you know, heard from young Landon there, like not wanting to screw things up. I think that goes through a lot of our minds anytime we get a case. Constantly. And that's what drives us to like study more, try more, like chair fly more, like, you know, between like your mech, swimmer, everything. We're going through a lot of different training for it. You're right. Um, But yeah, that's what we're built for. None of these scenarios, like these outlier cases, we can't always build those scenarios. It's the mentality that we develop over time of like, I got something weird, but as a team, we're going to figure it out and we're going to, you know, just work together, ask each other the weird questions and make it work. Yeah. We want to thank all of you for listening. Please continue to, to feed us more cases. Like, it's just great to like sit down, hear from every different place out there uh, and all your experiences like help, I think, to build us all across the community. I um, hope you enjoyed your Coast Guard day. I know we certainly did. Uh, we certainly went to it, enjoyed all the family fun activities. Did not crush beers and play golf. Um, that being said, you gentlemen have anything for the uh, rest of the sign-off?
0: No. Mm. I'll say um, check out the uh, pterodactyls uh, for the roost Absolutely. coming up in October. Um, P. Also, another little highlight, check out the Instagram, Flight Suit Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys, anybody in the fleet has an interesting story to share, you can email us. Or you can drop into the Flight Suit Friday DMs on Instagram, hit up Miranda and share your story there or just kind of, you know, get us connected. So um, we'd love to give you a highlight or a story, whatever. But um, every two weeks, yeah, we out here. Y'all
1: take care out there, fly safe, and we'll be talking to you. Bye. Bye. Peace. We say goodbye, but
2: never let go.
3: Save the it, soul.